Welcome to the Boss and Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hi, everyone. This is Lara Nassessian, and welcome to another episode of the Boss and Heels podcast. I'm so excited to be here with each of you today and do a solo episode on a topic that I get asked a lot of questions about and also something which is a topic I feel very passionate about and that is around overcoming your fears of showing up online. The reason why I feel so passionate about this particular topic is because if you are feeling apprehensive about showing up online and putting content out there, you are not alone. I know what it feels like firsthand. Like, believe me, I feel your pain. And so many people ask me questions around like, how are you so confident online or on your podcast or on Instagram or whatever? And it's like, It hasn't been an easy road to get here. So I kind of want to preface this episode by saying that it isn't easy to show up online. I understand there's a lot of inner work that needs to take place. I know that there's a lot of overcoming fears. I know that there's a lot of mindset work, which often has to happen simultaneously. But if it is something that you want to do, if it's something that you need to do and you need to start showing up differently. And if you feel this pull towards doing more and showing up more online, then I would really implore you to think about some of the steps that I'm going to share in today's episode and really start taking some steps in that direction. Because chances are, if you are feeling a pull or a little bit of a tug, it's not by coincidence. You know, our intuition is often kind of telling us these things, giving us these signs that we should be doing more, that we could be doing more. And it's always helping to bring everything into balance and helping us to realize what our purpose is. And if you feel like you want to show up online, I guess a really good question to start by asking yourself is, you know, why do I want to show up online? Like, what is the purpose? What is the intention behind me showing up online? Do I want to show up online because I want to become famous and I want to have millions of followers? If that's the reason, it's actually not going to be a good enough reason to kind of sustain what you're trying to achieve. I'm a really big believer in being very purposeful and intentional with what we do and ask yourself, you know, why do I want to show up in this way? If it is starting a podcast, why do I want to have a podcast? What am I trying to achieve? If it's having a YouTube channel, what is the purpose of this YouTube channel? Who am I talking to? Who are my target audience? What is the message that I'm going to try and get across? So asking yourself why is a really important place to start. But I'm going to get into so many tangible and practical tips On this episode, I'm going to share my five biggest tips and the five biggest tried and tested strategies that I have personally used and deployed in order to overcome my fears of showing up online. So before we get stuck into the nitty gritty of today's episode, I did want to start this episode by saying that if you are enjoying the show, then the best way to show your support is to hit that subscribe button and to rate and review the Boss in Hills podcast on Apple Podcasts. 
and also to jump onto my new YouTube channel, Boston Hills TV. And I will put the link to Boston Hills TV in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel and you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy this show, then I would highly recommend jumping on and subscribing to my YouTube channel because I've actually started recording and posting content on YouTube that you cannot find anywhere else. So I'm recording YouTube specific segments, which you're not going to be able to get on the podcast, on any of my social platforms or websites. So make sure that you jump over to YouTube. Like I said, I'll put the direct link in the show notes. Check out my content over there. And I just wanted to say that if you have already subscribed and rated and reviewed the podcast, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I never take those reviews for granted because you guys are so nice and I'm really so touched by the beautiful reviews that come through for the podcast. It honestly makes the biggest difference and means that I get to continue to provide content and put new shows out and new episodes out each and every week. So thank you so much if you already have done that for me. It truly means the world. So without further ado, I am going to jump straight into today's episode and talk about how to overcome your fears of showing up online. So the first strategy that I wanted to share with you in terms of how you can overcome your fears to start showing up online is to start by simply taking action. The way that I have been able to build confidence and show up on my various channels, it's to simply start by doing. So taking bite-sized steps, taking tiny little steps of putting out little bits of content, watching how that's performed, watching how that's made me feel, allowing myself to go through that process and then kind of just repeating that action over and again um, each and every day, each and every week. So if I kind of relate to my own personal story of putting out content and how I have been able to show up online and in person in the way that I do, it didn't always start off by me just having this podcast and having this YouTube channel and, you know, looking like this seemingly confident person online, which is a comment that I get a lot but it never started like that. And I actually started, if I kind of rewind back to when I first started creating content for Boston Hills, it was in 2016. And I had this idea for a blog and I had never written anything from my own personal perspective before. So I was very used to writing because I did, you know, a psychology degree and then I did my postgraduate diploma in psychology and then I had written a thesis and I'd written all of these essays and pieces of work for university. And then I started working in my career in HR and I had to do a lot of written pieces of communication for my corporate job. So I was very comfortable with writing and putting pen to paper, so to speak. However, I had never shared any content in the form of my own personal experiences and writing from my own personal viewpoint. So everything that I had ever 
written was like objective pieces of information and me sharing my own experiences felt very uncomfortable and very overwhelming. And I had never written from sort of more of a subjective first hand point of view, so to speak. And so when I first started writing articles for Boston Hills, I had no idea what I was doing. And I made it up to be this massive thing in my head that if I started writing articles and posting them on LinkedIn, that somehow it was going to make me look bad or somehow it was going to reflect negatively on me professionally or somehow people would read my articles and think that they were stupid. These are all of the thoughts and these are all of the mindset stuff that I personally went through and had to deal with. And I went through years and years and years of feeling this way. To give you an example and to give you some context, when I first started writing these articles and blog posts for Boston Hills, I didn't think that they were good enough. And I had to get my husband to proofread them for me. And then he would be like, Lara, like, it's good. You should just post it. And I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe I should do that. And, you know, it was gradually through doing that consistently every single week for years and years and years that I started getting to a point that I felt really comfortable writing blog posts. And what once felt like this really daunting, intimidating task actually became really easy. And it got to the point that, you know, practice really does build confidence. It's like building a muscle and it's like anything that you do. You know, the first time that you do something, chances are you're not going to be that good at it. Like you're not going to come out and be amazing. And I mean, if you do that, then you're a bit of a freak and you're probably an exception to the rule. But for most people, the first time that they do something, they're probably not going to be amazing at it. And I had to really remind myself that everybody started from somewhere. Everyone started from day zero. And it's often this notion that we see these people become what we think is an overnight success or this person just explodes or erupts on the internet overnight and suddenly they're just so great at, you know, putting all of these content and videos out there. But what we don't see is the years of failure behind the scenes and the years of really bad content that that person was working on until, you know, finally someone kind of noticed it and it kind of just took on, took off from there. And I had to really do a lot of mindset work around this to remind myself that me trying to compare a piece of content to someone like a Tim Ferriss or a Tony Robbins or an Oprah Winfrey or one of these people whose careers I've looked up to for many years and have really admired was not even a fair comparison because I'm comparing myself to these people who have dedicated their lives to doing this. Like both Oprah and Tim Ferriss, I think are, sorry, not Tim Ferriss, both Oprah and Tony Robbins are like 60 or 61. 
or something like that. And so it's like they've had years and years and years. They've had decades of more experience and exposure of doing this work. And so for me to try and compare myself to that is just setting myself up for failure. I think that I can absolutely look to those people for inspiration and to look up to from a professional perspective and a personal perspective. But for me to actually compare myself to them is not even a fair comparison. So I really kind of want to try and get this point across that confidence and getting over the fear of putting yourself out there online or in any other forum comes from consistently doing and consistently putting yourself out there each and every week. Even if you feel like you suck, it's just kind of pushing past that discomfort. It's pushing past that awkwardness of, oh, I really hated how I looked there or I hated how I sounded there. It's actually just learning to feel that discomfort and kind of push past it and post it anyway. So I really started by putting out blog posts and doing that for a couple of years. And then my blog post finally kind of started to gain a bit of momentum and traction where I would get to the point of having, you know, a few thousand people viewing my posts every month or viewing my articles. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, This is a significant improvement from the two people that used to watch it or used to read my articles, which is probably like my husband and my brother or something like that because they were like proofreading it for me. Um, So obviously I'm doing something right because whatever I'm writing or whatever I'm putting out there is resonating with people. A lot of trial and error to get to that point. So I really started from, you know, a small place and starting by putting out small content and bite-sized content and in a way that felt safe and comfortable for me, which didn't really feel that comfortable at first, but you get what I mean, like started much smaller, which was in the form of blog posts. Then I got to a point that my blog had sort of seen a natural progression and I knew deep down that I needed to start doing a podcast. I knew that that was my natural next progression and that was where I needed to start to take Boston Hills. And I knew that if I didn't do that, that I would be doing myself a disservice. I knew that I would be doing my business a disservice and I would doing be doing the people that valued my content a disservice as well. So my podcast came about in a really unusual but universally aligned sort of way whereby I had kind of put out the thought and the notion and the idea that I should be doing a podcast. Then an opportunity came up to interview powerhouse Elena Cardone I knew that an opportunity like that would not present itself again. And so I just decided to go for it. And I created a podcast with no experience, no clue what I was doing, fumbled my way through, literally fumbled my way through, was so nervous, so nervous, so uncomfortable 
but knew deep down that it was the thing that I needed to do. So because of the way that the podcast came about, because I didn't have that much time to actually think about it and I had about 48 hours to create a podcast from scratch, I just had to show up and do it and I didn't really have any other choice. And so irrespective of the fact that I cringed when I listened back to the podcast because I kept saying certain words over and over again and I kept like using these little words that I would use when I was in a conversation with someone but realized that when I was doing it in a podcast, it was actually really disruptive to the interview and it was actually really annoying to listen to. And I think I was just like, uh uh-huh, 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 you know, the whole way through the interview. And I was like, I don't know why I did that, but I guess that's what I would do when I'm like actively listening to someone in a normal conversation, but realized afterwards that that did not transpire um, and come through in a podcast setting. It's a very different type of way to record audio and I hadn't really worked that out yet. So I guess that was kind of like this unique opportunity. The universe, you know, gave me this opportunity and Oprah Winfrey says this and I could not agree with her more, but luck comes when preparation meets opportunity. I'm going to say that once more. Luck comes when preparation meets opportunity. And so I knew that everything that I had been doing for Boston Hills for the couple of years before I started my podcast was preparing me for this very moment. And then the universe provided me with this opportunity. And that is what people call luck. (laughs) That's what looks like luck to people like, oh, wow, you're so lucky you got to interview Elena Cardone. Is it luck or is it that preparation and everything that I had been putting out there, everything that I had been working so hard towards, then, you know, met this opportunity and then I just kind of took it. So, Opportunities present themselves all the time to us if we actually prepare for them and we actually look for them. There's so many missed opportunities. And I really felt like in that moment, like that was the moment. And doing the podcast, I realized that I really kind of found the forum that worked for me. And I had never felt so in flow with myself as I had when I started doing the podcast. And it didn't come easily. It didn't come naturally. I had to start by, you know, writing scripts and writing very detailed questions. And it was almost like a Q&A because I didn't want to deviate from my script because then I wouldn't know how to handle it. And I realized after doing it and listening back and talking to people that I trusted that I had to just relax a lot more and just be me. And that's why now when I'm talking to you guys, I'm talking to you like 
I would be chatting to one of my friends or someone who knows me very well. And so now when I have my friends who listen to the podcast, I love you guys. If you're listening, I have some really amazing friends that literally listen to every single episode and support me so much. So shout out to all my friends listening right now. But they will now tell me like, Lara, listening to you on the podcast just feels like I'm talking to you. And it's like, yes, because I'm just being me now and I'm not trying to be professional Lara or podcaster Lara or radio host Lara or (laughs) any of these other hats. I've just learned to lean into who I am and just be really comfortable with just being myself on the show and not trying to be someone that I'm not. So I almost had to go through this learning experience and then unlearning to unlearn all of these habits or ways of speaking, which I had picked up that were actually not serving me or my podcast community because I was not really, I wouldn't say that I was not being authentic. I don't think that that's true. I think that I was just not leaning into my authentic power as much. And now I feel much more comfortable and relaxed. And I think that that comes through a lot more on the show. So if you listen back to episode one, two, three, four, five, any one of my first or earlier episodes, I probably sound very different on the podcast than I did back then because I have really leaned into myself. And so my episode one is very different to my episode 60 something, whatever this episode number is. Um, And in the next, you know, 60 episodes, it's going to sound probably different again because it's just like, I keep evolving as a person as well. I keep growing. I keep becoming more of me, you know, more of who Lara really is. And so, you know, the podcast grows as I grow. And then the next natural progression for me was, you know, putting myself on camera. And earlier this year, I came out and launched Boston Hills TV, which was completely new for me. Again, completely out of my comfort zone, made me feel so uncomfortable, so nervous in that environment. But I had to just kind of remind myself of just like how I felt, you know, starting the blog, just like how I felt starting the podcast, the TV show and the video format was something that I would also get more comfortable with. And during this current time, we're in Sydney lockdown. Um, we're in about eight weeks of lockdown as I'm recording this particular episode. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to start making excuses about not having equipment and not having all of these things. And I ended up just recording um, like episodes at home using my iPhone. Like I don't even have a proper like video equipment or anything like that. I was just like, I'm just going to put my iPhone up and start talking into it and I'm just going to put it up on YouTube. And that's what I've been putting out there. That's some of the content that you'll see on my YouTube channel now is me sitting down and chatting to you guys like one-on-one into a camera. And 
I realized that by me overcomplicating things in the past, by me saying, I don't have the equipment or I don't have this or I don't have that. It was me just making excuses because it was the very thing that I knew that I should be doing, but I was very fearful of it. So, all of that is to say that, you know, the confidence part of it is simply experience. It simply comes by doing the same thing over and over and over and consistently putting out content every single week and pushing past that discomfort, but also starting really small and you know, thinking big. So having a big vision, having a strong purpose for why I'm putting out content, what I'm trying to achieve, who I'm talking to, starting in small manageable chunks, for example, a blog to a podcast to video, um, that was the natural progression for me. And depending on what you're trying to achieve, depending on who your audience is, depending on what kind of you know, forum you want to be utilizing, you can start to have a think about how can I start small? How can I get into the habit and build that muscle of putting out content each and every week? But start small, you know, start with an article or start with a audio content and then work your way up to a video piece. And that is the journey that I've taken on. This has been years in the making. Um, so it definitely didn't come overnight for me, but the consistency aspect and practice and taking action is the very thing that has opened up this world to me on a different level. And I've been able to make an impact in a different way. I have been able to grow hugely as a person and I've become a lot more comfortable in this space and it's only come from doing. So the main point that I sort of wanted to get across is that confidence comes from doing, getting over your fears comes from doing, taking action. So start thinking about how you can start taking small steps to get you to eventually where you want to be. The second point that I wanted to talk about and the second strategy which I have deployed when it comes to being a content creator is to focus on progress over perfection. So this has been a very difficult and big lesson for me to learn as someone who is a self-proclaimed perfectionist, is a textbook perfectionist in every way. And through doing the personal development work, one of the biggest breakthroughs that I learned was to favor progress over perfection. And if I was to take a perfectionist approach to every single piece of content which I have put out, I would never have put out a single damn thing. (laughs) And that is a fact. There is no such thing as a perfect piece of content. And so when you are striving for perfection, when it comes to content creation, it simply does not exist. And if that is your goal to put out a perfect piece of content, you will never reach that goal and you'll never end up putting anything out there because you'll think that nothing is good enough. So one of the biggest strategies which I have utilized is to 
adopt an 80-20 principle whereby if something is 80% there from a content perspective, if it's 80% good enough, if I'm 80% happy with it, it will go out. If it's something that is just a complete disaster, (laughs) sure, I'm not going to put that out. But if it's 80% there, I'll just post it. I'll just put it out there. And I realized this lesson because some of the biggest pieces of content which have made the biggest impact and I've received the most comments, most messages, most views, you know, most feedback in a positive sense has been the pieces of content that I almost did not put out because I wasn't happy with them and I didn't think that they were good enough. The thing that I realized is that just like on this podcast, like when you have a conversation with someone, you don't actually, like if you, for example, if you kind of stuff up what you're saying in a conversation, you don't really say, oh, hang on, let me just stop this conversation because I messed up a couple of words. Let me just restart this entire conversation. It doesn't really happen that way. If you think about it from an organic perspective and an organic conversations which take place, most of the time, if you stutter or if you stumble, you just kind of keep going. You don't really you don't really start over again. You don't just rewind the entire conversation and say, hey, can we just forget about this whole conversation and start from the beginning? You just kind of keep going. And I found that through doing the podcast, because the if I use the podcast as an example of what I've done, I used to get this podcast edited, you know, to the point that I would remove any ums and ahs and whatever else. And then I realized that that wasn't actually real because that's not how I'm actually talking and that's not how I would talk in a conversation. So whilst there is something to be said about continuous improvement and building your communication skills and your presence and how you show up and all of those things are technical skills which you can absolutely learn and apply, it's also really important to just be real and people relate to real. People don't relate to perfect because it's not real. And so by me not editing out the ums and the ahs and the little stuff up or I forgot my you know train of thought and where was I again, you know, all of these little things, that's real and that's what I put out. And so Whether it is something to do with that, whether it is something to do with me thinking that a piece of content is not good enough, they are the pieces of content that have resonated and related the most with people because they are real and they're authentic and it's a human to human connection. And so the second strategy that I wanted to share with you is to adopt some sort of principle for yourself, whether it is what I share, which is this 80-20 principle of if it's 80% good enough, it's going to go out. And I've gotten to the point now that I rarely even listen back to my podcast episodes or my videos. I don't even really watch them back. It's just kind of like a, I'm just going to record it. I'm just going to put it out. I'm not even going to think about it. 
and once it's out, it's out and I just kind of move on um, and think about creating the next thing rather than focusing too much on what I should have done or shouldn't have done. So I think that earlier on there was an element of listening back to everything for the purpose of seeing the areas that I could improve on because I wanted to make this podcast the best possible podcast that I could. I wanted to make the biggest impact. I wanted to resonate with as many people as possible. Um, But I realized that by me just kind of picking myself apart too much is not a good thing either. So finding that fine balance between constructive feedback earlier on in particular when you're finding your feet and maybe getting the opinions of one or two people who you really trust to give you constructive feedback that you can actually apply for the purpose of improvement and continuous improvement. However, not getting fixated on being perfect because realizing that that is an unrealistic goal and by trying to be perfect and show up perfect, you're not being real and it's not going to resonate and it's just not sustainable and you're not going to get the kind of longevity that you want. You're also going to get caught out at some point as well. I think if you're not authentic and you're too perfect all of the time, at some point, the real you is going to have to come out. And so it may as well just come out at the beginning. (laughs) What have we got to hide? And, you know, there's beauty in sharing our imperfections. There's beauty in sharing our challenges, our vulnerabilities. And, you know, Brene Brown talks about being vulnerable and showing up a vulnerable person, you know, whether it is in a leadership capacity or otherwise, because that's what builds connection. That's what builds trust. And so really thinking about how you can show up and be a little bit vulnerable and make yourself feel a little bit uncomfortable because if you do that, then it will help someone else to do the same. And so that kind of brings me to my third strategy, which is to focus on the value that you can provide to others rather than being fixated on how you look or sound. So this was a real game changer for me because at the beginning, what I would focus on was how did I sound? How did I look? How did I come across? And it was like a very inward focus. It was very me, me, me focus. And I was very worried about myself and I was very worried about how I would be perceived. I realized that that was the wrong mindset. And I had a bit of a personal breakthrough and I realized that if I wanted to make the kind of impact that I wanted to make, that the focus had to be put on what value I could provide to other people and how I could impact the lives of other people rather than how I looked and sounded. So by having a really strong and powerful purpose and a strong and compelling why, it really helped me to reshift that narrative for myself. It really helped me to put things into perspective in terms of why I was doing this in the first place. And if my intention was to create impact and value for other people, if my intention was to live out my purpose and by living out my purpose, 
meaning that I was helping to do the things that I was setting out to do and helping to pe- helping people to focus their energy to overcome their fears and to build a powerful presence. Like that is what my personal mission and purpose is that I would have to start to embody that. And I would have to start really focusing on creating value for other people and focusing on that rather than how I looked or sounded in the process. And that was a huge breakthrough and a huge shift for me personally, because when I did that, it was so freeing and liberating and it really shifted the game for me. And it really shifted the game in terms of how I started showing up online. And I no longer took that approach of, I'm going to do 50,000 takes of this one 15 second Insta story, which is going to disappear in 24 hours anyway. It didn't matter anymore. What mattered was how I was connecting with people. What mattered was how I was making people feel. What mattered was how I was showing up and how I was able to create impact or give something to someone that they could take away and apply in their own life do something that could help someone, you know, fulfill their purpose or step into their true power. That was what I started to become interested in. And by shifting that focus from me to them was a real game changer. And having this real outwardly focus around, I'm just the vehicle, you know, I'm just... I'm the vehicle, I'm the means by which I'm fulfilling this purpose and living a purposeful life. It's not so much about how I'm perceived in in the meantime. It's about how I'm able to create that impact and fulfill my purpose and help other people to live out their purpose as well. So the third strategy that I wanted to share is to stop focusing on yourself and start focusing on the value that you can provide to other people. The fourth strategy that I wanted to share, which has really helped me in terms of building some of those more tactical skills and overcoming those fears of showing up online has been, you know, role modeling people who I admire and working with a coach, working with Chris Morsley, who I interviewed for Boston Hills TV. If you have not watched that episode or listened to that episode, I strongly recommend that you do. I have had so many people reach out to me and say that that episode with Chris was life-changing for them because we actually talk a lot about this stuff because Chris is a master of the three C's, which is command, compel, and connect. He does those three things. He teaches those three things better than anyone else I know. And I have the absolute pleasure and privilege of working with Chris as my own personal coach. And we talked about this in detail, but he's really helped me to bring that out in myself. He's helped me to tap into who I am. He's helped me to tap into my 
own authentic power. He's helped me to overcome my fears. He's helped me to show up with a certain level of presence and influence and to be able to connect with people and to just be more comfortable with myself. And it's so funny because I actually shared this with Chris when I spoke to him the other week and I shared it with my husband and I saw this video of me and my best friend about 10 years ago. (laughs) And my God, I am such a different person now that I don't even recognize that person in the video because I've grown into who I am and I've become so much more comfortable and confident with who I am as a person. So, a lot of growth has happened in 10 years and I don't even sound the same. And I guess like you kind of sometimes look back at photos, like old photos of yourself and you kind of like, you know, are brought back to a certain memory or a certain moment or a certain time in your life. But to watch an actual video of me talking, and I think it was something just like really like it wasn't anything overly serious. It wasn't like me doing a presentation or anything like that. It was like a video I think that like my dad had taken of my best friend and I after we finished running like a half marathon or something something like that. And we were just talking into the camera and talking to each other about this run. And I was just like, oh my gosh, did I really sound like that? <laughs> uh, I was cringing at myself because I was just like the disbelief of me being that way. And I realized, you know, like I'm such a different person now because I've done so much personal development growth and I really just lean into who I am and I feel so much more comfortable and confident. And I guess that's a beauty of kind of like something that comes with age is like that confidence. You just become so much more sure of who you are and you just kind of lean into that authentic power and your authenticity. And I feel so much more comfortable with who I am as a human being and how I show up in the world. And it's been years of growth. It's been years of dedicated focus and what I found that through working with someone like Chris, with working like a coach and what I help my coaching students do is to accelerate some of that growth. And if there's certain strategies that you can apply to start showing up and to start tapping into that quicker and sooner, you know, the more powerful you'll become, the quicker you'll be able to fulfill your goals, the more you'll be able to make an impact and you'll just be able to really fast track that growth for yourself. And I find that me just kind of looking back and having that moment of reflection of, wow, that was really me. Like I don't even recognize that person anymore. Just goes to show like by putting in a few years of dedicated focus and hard work, even you know, six weeks, six weeks, six months of dedicated focus on saying, you know, I want to start to improve on these skills. I want to start to focus on building my confidence. I want to start working on how I can show up with more power and presence and authority and 
step into being the person that I was destined to be and really embodying that because we are such powerful people. Like we don't realize, we don't even tap into our full power and potential. And this is like a life's work and life's journey. But if we can use strategies to accelerate that growth and to be able to get there much sooner and shave shave years off that process, it's so worth it. And that's what I find has been the biggest benefit and value for me doing this work is to be able to get there and get there sooner. And like I said, that's what I help my coaching clients do is to help them get there sooner and to help teach them some strategies and tangible things that they can apply in their lives and in all of their interactions to be able to get there sooner. And so I really feel like it's worth the investment. So working with a coach has helped me humongously. Um, Is that even a word? I don't know. Um, But also looking at role modeling behavior who are the kinds of people that you admire? Who are the kinds of people that you look up to and that you aspire to be like? And really studying those people, studying their behavior, studying their mannerisms. How do they talk? How do they show up? Not to say that you should go and copy someone else. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what are those four or five characteristics across those you know, few people who you look up to and admire? What are the characteristics about them that you admire? What are the common threads between those people that you look up to? And by actually studying their behavior, by studying the way that they speak, the way that they show up, it can really give some great signs in terms of how you can untap that within yourself, how you can actually start to unleash a little bit of that. Because if you're drawn towards it, excuse me, if you're drawn towards it, chances are There's something about it that you find attractive. There's something about it that you think may may remind you of what you have or what you want to bring out or within yourself. So looking at role modeling behavior, looking at, you know, working with a coach are things that have really, really helped me. And I just want to be really transparent that, you know, I have worked with a coach to do this stuff. And I think that working with a coach, working with a mentor, can really help you to teach the stuff, teach you the stuff that no one else teaches you about. You, we don't learn about this in school. We don't learn about this in university unless you actually go and seek it and are willing to do the work, even though it can make you feel so uncomfortable, can bring up a lot of feelings of insecurity and discomfort. It is so worth it. And so I really just wanted to share that piece around strategy for role modeling behaviors and working with a coach. The final thing that I wanted to share in terms of how I've been able to get over my fears and show up online and continue to sustain putting out content for a long period of time and not being one of those people that shows up, puts a couple of things out there and then gives up. I don't want to be that person. And I think that when you, well, I'm not that person. I didn't want to be that person. And again, it comes back to having a really powerful and inspiring why. I think that if you don't have a strong why, and if you are doing it for the wrong reasons, i.e., 
wanting to become famous or wanting to get super rich by putting out content, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It has to be a deeper reason than that. And those things can be a byproduct of you creating value and you showing up in a certain way, but it shouldn't be the reason why you do it. And if you make that the reason why you do it, like I said, you're not going to have the longevity in your career as a content creator or whatever it is that you want to do. So what I wanted to share, which has been a useful strategy for me, is to not be disheartened by the numbers and to actually shift the focus to, you know, what value you can provide to people. And so when I, I mentioned this earlier on in the episode, but when I first started Boston Hills and it was a series of blog posts, I literally had two or three people reading my articles. Like if I got double digits on an article, like that was like cause for a celebration. How times have changed. However, that's the genuine position where I started. And if I looked at those numbers and only focused on those numbers, I would have given up a long time ago. I never would have even been recording this episode now. I wouldn't even have a podcast. And so what I really wanted to get across in this particular video, sorry, not video, podcast, is that if you are just focusing on the numbers and the numbers alone and making that your measure for success, you are going to get really disheartened very quickly and you're going to want to quit and you're going to stop creating and you're going to stop putting yourself out there. This is a long game. And I think that Gary V said it best when he said that we overestimate how much we can achieve in one year and we underestimate how much we can achieve and accomplish in 10 years. And going back to my story about like, my God, I don't even recognize myself in 10 years. And you know what? In another 10 years, I'm probably going to not even recognize this person. And I'll probably listen back to an episode that I recorded in 2021 and be like, oh my gosh, did I really sound like that? The amount of growth that we can have, the amount of impact that we can make in 10 years is huge. It is massive. And so I would really implore any of you who are thinking about creating content, who have started to create content and are feeling a little bit disheartened around the response that they're getting, is to look at this like a 10-year plan instead of a one-year plan, a one-month plan, a one-week plan, a one-day plan. Just posting one thing and hoping that you're going to become some internet sensation doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. There is years of hard work and consistent effort that goes into building a brand, building a presence, having a powerful presence, becoming a thought leader, becoming a person of influence, building a community of loyal followers and listeners and people who are engaged with you and craving your content every day or every week. It takes years to build that up. And so I would really 
implore and encourage each of you to think about this as a 10-year game. Think about it as a long-term game. And when you think about it as a 10-year plan and a 10-year game, you don't get disheartened by the one video that got 10 views because you're focusing on the impact and you're focusing on creating value. And my biggest tip would be to look at what your audience is resonating with the most, what are they enjoying the most, what are they responding to the most, what are you getting the most messages and positive feedback about, and start doing more of that. Your audience will tell you what they like and what they don't like. And the numbers can help guide that because, for example, with my podcast, I'll look at the amount of downloads per episode and I'll be like, what are the episodes that people are listening to the most? And I will create more content like that. And so as an example, one of the episodes that I get a lot of downloads on is when I do my life and personal development updates every couple of months. So I've started trying to make that a bit more of a regular thing because I've realized that that's something that people are interested in. That's getting a lot of downloads. That's getting a lot of positive feedback. And so I'll do more of that. So look at numbers, look at analytics, look at your statistics, look at your audience, look at who's listening and watching and paying attention. Absolutely. But don't make that number the reason why you keep going or the reason why you quit. Look at it as an indication as to what's working well and what's not working well and pivot, you know, do more of the things that people want from you. Ask your community, you know, put out a poll, ask them, you know, would you rather me record a video on this or this? Would you rather me write a post and share my tips on this or that? And they'll tell you what you want. You just have to ask for it. So simple, so simple, right? But so effective. So I really just wanted to share those strategies because I feel like this is a topic, like I said, at the start of this episode, it's something that I feel really passionate about. It's something that I get asked a lot about. I feel passionate about it because I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be really disheartened. I know what it feels like to feel really uncomfortable. I know what it feels like to feel really nervous and self-conscious and all of those kinds of things. But if you do these five things, you know, and if you think about it from a long-term perspective, then you can really make a tremendous impact and you can really start to unleash some of your own power and potential and start to show up in the way that, you know, people want you to show up. You know, people want more of you. They want to see the real you. And so just to summarize my five key strategies to overcome your fears of showing up online is firstly that confidence comes from taking action and from doing. Secondly, is to focus on progress over perfection. The third strategy is to focus on the value that you can provide to others rather than focusing on how you look or sound. The fourth strategy is to work with a coach or to role model and study the behaviors of the people who you admire and aspire to be like. And the fifth strategy is to focus on the long-term impact 
and not to be disheartened by the numbers that you're seeing on some of your posts. So I really hope that these strategies were useful. I hope that you enjoyed them and that you found them beneficial when thinking about content creation and how you can start to show up online. If you enjoyed this episode, then take a screenshot of it tag me on Instagram at bossinhills underscore so I can reshare your post and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. If there is something from this episode, a little golden nugget or a little takeaway that you want to apply in your life, in your career as a content creator or irrespective of what you want to do, then let me know. I would love to hear from you. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate each and every one of you. I have such a loyal podcast listening um, audience and community, and I'm really so grateful for each of you for returning every week and tuning in. So I'm going to leave this episode here for now. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And like I said, if you do, then remember to rate, review and subscribe the Boston Hills podcast on Apple Podcasts and also be sure to check out Boston Hills TV on YouTube. So I hope that you have a beautiful day or a beautiful evening and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of the Boston Hills podcast. Take care everyone and bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boston Hills podcast. Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources, and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes.